2: Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. And
0: I am Godless. And this As is your we
2: weekly examination of all things metal. The Metal Sucks Podcast. We post it on Monday at MetalSucks.net. Also on iTunes. Make sure that you are subscribed. Leave us five stars. Tell us how bad we suck. Because we do it it's makes it right. easier for
0: other people to find the show
2: indeed indeed hey, and we're on youtube now too yeah uh, we're on youtube as well and um we, we, there's a, i was wrong about the stitcher thing yeah so. but
0: i'm sure the guys will well, fix yeah that. we're
2: gonna we're, we're gonna get that as much as we can but it, also there's the hard rss feed if you're looking for that if you want to get it there but uh on metalsucks.net we have a Metal Sucks podcast page now so if you <clears throat> go to metalsucks.net on the top click on podcast you can find all the podcasts that we put up there as well all what number are we on? 60? Something Sixty, something like that. Something like that. Oh, yeah, we're right oh, in that wow. range, man. All I know is that we're taking next week off. All right. But you got that podcast tab, people. Oh, you can time. go
0: through the archives. I know that there's That's nobody, right. nobody out there has listened to every single episode. Just scroll down, you'll
2: find one you haven't listened to before. And there's several that are pretty decent. I mean, oh, there's okay. Yeah. I'm proud of. Uh, I'm proud of what we've done here, man. I'm I was so just proud of
0: what we've hanging done. Hanging out with people yesterday, and I'm like, oh, you got to hear this
2: interview I did with Bill Steer. That was I, like a year ago. I always wind up talking about that. Well, you know, there's one time I was talking to Oh, yeah. damn it. Why am I always I reference Godless. my own life? That's how Godless. terrible terrible everything else is in my <laughs> life. Uh, boy, my life is so... Check this other life out. It's pretty great over there. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, we talk about these things on Twitter as well. At Bearded Ape is where you can find me. You can find me at Godless Speaks. I'm that, also on Spotify and now on Carbon Poker. I don't even Godless know what that speaks.
3: is. Oh, dude.
0: <laughs>
2: Uh, what was the the tweeting the baby metal thing was hilarious oh, that was a lot of fun that was more fun than I thought it was going to be I, I, I think I still had the best line though you you had like three or four that were really great yeah so that, that was a lot of fun what we did is uh, baby metal's new album came out on Spotify for the first time so us and uh, a couple of dudes from several other podcasts from a uh, Boulevard Brutal from horns up and a few others. Uh, we all got together and started live tweeting the album together yeah. uh, on a random Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, that was fun.
0: That was a lot of fun. And I'd like to do that again with like an album that everybody sort of goes in with like, like, Expectation, you know different expectations than baby metal baby metal was sort of like uh, i don't think we all went into it taking it seriously you know well
2: i mean whether taking it seriously or not we kind of knew what we were getting i mean all of us are familiar with what what and who and all that stuff what they are so it was it was fun to listen to it first off to actually listen to the whole thing because i had listened to three songs you know and got an idea of it but I, i'm on the i'm on the Vince side of things. If you read his post about baby baby metal, mm-hmm. I, I think they're a good thing, actually. Yeah, not not like uh, the worst thing ever to happen
1: to metal
0: ever. All I know about baby metal is at some point yesterday, I'd been hanging out with a, th- this dude I'd never met before. I ended up hanging out with him for like 14 hours yesterday, and around 8:39 p.m., I started talking about baby metal, and he said, "Yeah, you mentioned them earlier today." So. <laughs> That'll give you an idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, anybody hanging out with you for 14 hours. Yeah, can't. it's going to come I, around. I, I got to give them that. Tell you, that. That cycle's only about six hours <laughs> yeah. from what I found, at least on the cruise. You know, after that, you know. Oh, Pretty it. dull. Really dull. Fuck it. I can't figure it out. Fuck. This uh oh, we had a couple of pod- the other thing yeah. we, we we did a roster, and exactly what you said was going to happen uh-huh. happened last week, where we said oh we need to mention all these other podcasts, and then we got a couple people butt hurt because we forgot to mention it. No, they didn't get butt hurt. It was actually kind of fun because uh like, what about us, man? You saw so <laughs> son of a bitch. But there are a hell of a lot of other metal podcasts out there that are uh, that are. Doing good work as well, and a couple that we left off our list last week. Yeah, Talking
0: Bollocks, of course, like, you know, <laughs> called us out. Good for them. But I, they're from is...
2: the UK. They barely count, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. Uh, Hellcast is out there. I've listened to that. Radioactive, uh, radioactive Metals out there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's there's a bunch of like non-metal podcasts that you know everybody
2: loves, and you know? we're all on Twitter together, and we all well yeah. repost each other, and and you know try to there's a little world out there that yeah someday is going to be. I personally, monetized. I know that you're a rivalry guy. I am a guy that believes in in camaraderie and family, and you're building, the boss. Yeah, you
0: get what you want. Building us all up. Yeah,
2: you, you know, I think it's better that way. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, if we want to do something fake or something, maybe sometime. I keep on saying fake, real, I don't care. Nah, nah it's not <laughs> worth it. That, that, that stresses me out too much, man. I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with that. There's enough fake crap in the world already. Uh, speaking of which, ah. Misery Index. S- Segway, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Not Misery Index. They are not fake. We, our episode today, we, uh, we're going to talk to Mark Kleppel from, uh, Kleppel? Yeah, Kleppel from uh, Misery Index. <laughs> And their new album, The Killing Gods, is badass. So we're going to do that. Going to hear a new song from them, as well as a new In Flames song. That boy, you got to hear it! Oh my gotta god, it's it. so good. <laughs> well, okay, it's uh, not okay. We'll talk about it after okay, we play the song. Okay, uh, we'll talk about it after we play the song. But um, this week, I got a chance to go see Motley Crue. How could you do Are that? Are you surprised that I went to go see Motley Yeah, I really surprising? am. Because, it, because the reviews have been like devastating of, of that tour. Sometimes. Actually, more than anything, I I I don't know how this happened. I've never seen Alice Cooper live. Hmm. I, I don't ne- think I have either. i would never seen Alice no, Cooper I live haven't. before. And that was the main reason why I wanted to go. Okay. Alice Cooper opening up for Motley Crue. Yeah, that's not oh, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Okay, so... Alice Cooper did they like make him s- set up in front of the drum set Just actually like, yeah do they yeah. you're kidding well because it's Tommy Lee's drum set with the freaking roller coaster oh. and all that shit right so he's in front of he's in front of the whole thing, but it's I tell I tell you what he stole the show. Yeah, he totally I stole the show. He was so good, man. I mean, the guy's been doing it twenty more years than those douchebags in Motley Crue. Yeah, but do you think Motley Crue and twenty years from now are going to be able to put on? A no, shoe? that's what I'm saying is that, that there's a reason why they're calling this the last tour ever for Motley Crue. When Ozzy said that, I was like, nah, they'll be able to put a stick up his ass and walk him yeah. out there for another twenty years. But Motley Crue, no, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mick Mars and uh, Nikki Six and, and Tommy Lee, totally fine. Oh, yeah? The, the their music was it great. Huh. It's all Vince. Ah. Dude, Vince Neal was awful. Wow. He was awful, man. But I, I'll talk about the good first. Okay. The good first was Alice Cooper. Yeah. Guy was amazing. Now, that documentary would have made me go, I want to see that, but I'm not going to go
0: see him open up for something
2: you know what though 45 minutes or uh, no he played for like 50 minutes and he played every single hit like the big the big stuff so he played all the stuff that you would want him to hear in that pack there's there's a lot of stuff that was missing obviously but uh, i mean he played everything that you would want to hear and then he did some cool he did the be my frankenstein where he blew himself up on the table and then the big frankenstein comes out and stuff Uh and it's like oh man i see where all of this stuff that i loved in the 80s where it came from Mm -hmm. it came from this dude right here i mean it came from alice cooper any if you like rob zombie or if you like any of that stuff boom came from alice cooper right you love guar you love what what they do on stage boom came right right from there you know the big eddie from iron maiden that's where that shit comes from is that guy right there man it was amazing he was great and it just blew me away did he have a teleprompter no vince neal shout shout at the devil oh you're kidding. shout he's, uh, shout he's reading the chorus shout, shout at the it. devil oh. oh dude dude it was bad and i am not opposed to people who have been making music for 30 years having a teleprompter in front of them I, that like that does not phase me ozzy i mean even uh rob halford talks about him having a teleprompter i mean the guy's like in three bands of course why not you know it's, a, it's all good as a reference it makes total sense but uh vince neal Sings Live Wire. It's got oh. two two verses, and the chorus is the same. And he can't get the words right. You
0: know, if Billy Joel needs a teleprompter for "We Didn't Start the Fire," that's okay. <laughs> but if he needs a teleprompter for "Piano Man," yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, and th- you know what? I- I'm gonna say this, Motley Crue has neither (laughs) i know i know (laughs) they have neither i mean there's oh my goodness i mean and the money that guy's making and the only thing he's got to do
2: is remember words words. i know it's it was rough man it really was and that was what was disappointing more than anything else i mean the music was great i mean they did a great job tommy lee with the whole roller coaster drum thing was pretty kick ass that's cool that
0: that that your arena was able to do it i know a lot of arenas couldn't
2: yeah it was uh the cedar it was a little small like they talked about they didn't have the full thing because it was a little small uh but in the end yeah it was yeah it was all about vince neal fucking it up Mm. uh yeah see the the early reviews from like the detroit news was it was
0: was all about Mars, like you know playing the wrong beginnings and he
2: had a couple points where he screwed up a couple things like he he did screw up my buddy was pointing out that he screwed up the um he screwed up the riff in uh in shout at the devil (laughs) oh man like that song that song was a mess i mean it really was it was total mess it it just you know it gives it's not that hard
0: to be good i mean it's really not from personal experience i'm telling you it's not that hard to be good (laughs) you know but it takes a, a effort to be great yeah and when with Motley Crue, they can't even muster the effort to be good. I think it's disrespectful to their fans, to their legacy, to, uh, uh, you know, and, and this whole, like, to me, this excuse that, oh, well, we've always been the screw-ups from the L.A. Strip yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't buy it. You're professionals. You know, you should be able to, you know, put on an entertaining show you now, can have no, no, your no, no, no. you can have your rough edges, no, stop but you've got to
2: perform. I'll tell you this: it was an entertaining show. I mean, no matter what, even through the fuck ups and all that stuff, I was still entertained. I yeah, mean, but the, the, because was, they've got money to throw at a roller coaster up, yeah. The There's fire. There's roller coasters. There's yeah. explosions. There's chicks on stage dancing. I mean, so I was entertained. Don't don't get me wrong. It was definitely worthwhile, and and why I went to the show. But when when you can't get the standards right yeah you know when the crowd knows the songs better than you do yeah that's that uh, like everybody
0: in the crowd knows it better than you do yeah no i know i get it if you get the uber fan in the third row knows it better uh, okay you know that's possible but
2: the entire crowd singing Uh, home sweet home and you can't get all the lyrics um, right what the fuck is wrong dude uh, what's wrong yeah, something's going yeah. on there. No, I think nothing's going on yeah? there. I think that's the point. Oh, gotcha. You know, okay. I, I think they're done. I And they're one of those that, that this is the, the final tour or whatever, and I think it needs to be.
0: I, uh, yeah, so. I don't know that. I mean, they're not contemporaries. They're pr- predecessors. But, you know, people get on the case of Kiss for replacing Ace and Peter. But Ace and Peter belong in Motley Crue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those yeah, guys yeah, yeah. are screw ups and couldn't play the songs and, and then would, you know, pitch fits on stage. So, you know, Paul and Gene go, I'm gonna replace you guys with guys who make sense. And, you know, Motley Crue can't do that because it's Motley Crew. It's Motley Crue. But, you know, with KISS you can, which is great for them and it's in an- top-notch entertaining super freaking awesome show i I'm, I'm hoping to go to vegas to go see it in november yeah in the so
2: i was they played they played like just a few days before motley crew and i was i was sick as a yeah, dog yeah. i couldn't make it out there i was pissed too yeah one of my favorite bands of the world is Death Leopard. Leopard. And I didn't, I didn't make it, so. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what has nine arms and sucks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I know
2: the joke. I've got to get into this interview with Mark Kleppel, man. Uh, he, he plays for a little band called Misery Index, who's got a new album called uh, The Killing Gods, and it's pretty wicked awesome. We got to talk to him about love and life and. And other things. Actually, we talked more about you know band stuff and what it's like to be on the road and touring musicians and, and how that works. Yeah, these he's days. calling other bands out a little bit. Mark Kleppel for the Misery Index. Hey, what's going on, Mark? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the uh, Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? oh pretty good, man. Pretty good. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it is it Kleppel or is it? That's it. Is, is it okay?
4: I have an that's, o. That's how I pronounce it. I don't know if you pronounce it that way in Germany or not. Yeah,
2: I have an o and an e in my last name too, and people always fuck it up. So
4: it's a replacement for a um,
2: an umlaut. And see, mine, the way it's pronounced, is a it's a long o, so it's a low sh, It's a low sound.
4: Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. We fuck it up too.
4: Where's that come from? It's German. Oh, okay.
2: I think you both need umlauts. <laughs>
4: I think I think we need to reinsert the umlauts. Yeah, quit mess, quit messing around. Yeah, here.
2: the names look cooler with umlauts anyway, right?
4: Yeah, they do. It's more no, metal.
2: That, it's sure. not that they look cooler;
0: they just look, look more metal.
4: Yeah. So how you doing, man? You doing good? Yeah, I'm good. I just uh, I just went fishing with my family.
0: I think a, b- a bunch of like uh, you know animal lovers are now banning you from festivals everywhere.
4: <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> Have you heard about that with James Hepfield?
4: Oh yeah, yeah, with the bear hunting thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they don't they don't they don't like that i would I, he just he just narrated the thing it's not like he's out you know with a with a hunting knife slaughtering animals with his bare hands or something
2: that would be sweet i mean <laughs> but fish nah nobody you, gives a shit about he
4: fish. Says, you think he says oh yeah <time>.
1: Yeah. Got a big one. Yeah.
0: Man, I think with like special <laughs> effects, somebody ought to like make a James Hetfield goes hunting bare-handed TV show. Yeah, well, you totally. Can,
4: you could do you can do it now. Yeah. You got all the sound bites you need. James Hetfield goes bear hunting, <laughs> bare-handed.
0: <laughs> and you just have Kurt crying every time in every episode,
4: <laughs> pulling out his plugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's see. I guess we're We'll talk about the album a, a little bit, and then, of course, we'll dive into your family and uh, sexual preferences and all that stuff here in a little bit, I guess. But uh, uh, got to say, congr- congratulations <laughs> on the new album, dude! It is—it's is so good, man.
4: Oh, thanks, thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, we put we spent a lot of time and effort on on that thing, so so it better be good.
2: It's rare that you get the what f- is this fourth or fifth album, or is it?
4: Uh, this is. This is the fifth album. I was going to say,
2: yeah, fifth, uh, fifth, you know, get that far into the career. And uh, I think this is some of the best work you guys have ever done.
4: Oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. The the last thing you put out should be your best effort. Right.
2: I mean, but that's not usually how it works though. Yeah. That's what the publicist says.
4: Right. Right. That's we, but we, we like to do it that way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How do
0: you do it? I mean, how do you find a new idea or something that you haven't done before?
4: Well, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's fairly easy to do. I, um, I mean, let's let's put it this way: um, metal, the metal community in general. I mean, it's broken up into a zillion subgenres at this point. But yeah. let's just like let's make it a metal conglomerate. Let's just say everything's one big thing. I know it sounds really scary. But everything's one big thing, and I think the the metal community as a whole is really conservative about what they want to hear from certain bands and certain genres. I mean with the advent of the internet and stuff and people getting just like Uber into really, really, really specific things, these genres are like utilizing, you know, three or four, you know, carny tricks and just doing it over and over again. And there's, there's really not a lot of depth. And if you, if you conform to that, your music doesn't have a lot of depth. It ends up being flat and emotionless. And, uh, you might, you might please the internet Shakespeare sitting in their bedroom typing away, but you know, you're not going to make a really a quality product that's going to be like cross genre or, or anything. So for this record, we just, uh, we, we did a couple things, two or three things that maybe we hadn't done before and, and worked it in there. Just stuff that we wanted to do. And we put as much in there as we thought that our audience would stand. Of yeah. course you can't like just go changing up your your entire style because you know no one's going to put up with that especially in the metal community but you know to come, for to, to to expand your sound i mean it's really easy i mean there's a whole world of stylistic stuff that you can use and if it just if you just make it work and it fits in a song and you know um from an auditory standpoint it just or it just sounds good then it sounds good
0: yeah, but dude, when you turn to the rest of the guys and you're like, I totally hear Olivia Newton-John go- guesting on this. And they, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they look at you and, I mean, has there ever been a time when the rest of them kind of go, yeah, you're kind of right. You know what I mean? That's something that's like completely out of the box. And why not stick a couple of those things in that'll freak
4: people out? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was like some, not not to that degree, but yeah, there is <laughs> there is a couple... A couple ideas and, and stuff that, uh, you know, um, like Jason and I were, were really down with um, because he's he's more into like um, melodic stuff like I am, um, you know, dissection and emperor and things like that. He he likes that kind of thing. He, I just sanity. And then my guitar player, Darren, is also into that kind of stuff because he's, he's, you know, he's into more old school stuff like, you know, Merciful Fate and, you know, King Diamond and stuff. He's really into that kind of thing. And so, uh, and so, when I present that kind of stuff to Adam, he's he's kind of on the fence about it. He he likes that stuff on one hand, but then he likes the uber brutal percussive stuff on the other hand. So, you know, sometimes those kind of ideas have to grow on him.
2: Well, yeah, we had talked about a couple episodes ago about bands taking risks and the and the the ups and downs of that kind of thing. And ultimately, I guess you're really beholden to the fans. You don't want to like alienate anybody, but at the same time, musically, I mean, if you want to take a risk, it's your prerogative to take, take any risk you want to.
4: Yeah. And I don't think we're taking any big risks on this record. I, I think we just did what we wanted to do. I mean, um, we've been playing this, we've been playing together for, you know, as a band, you know, with the exception of Darren, but we've been playing together for like 10 years. And, um, at this point, a lot of this stylistic stuff that we do is like on automatic, there's, there's other stylistic elements that, you know, I personally haven't worked completely into, into Misery Index, and maybe this is like a bigger step in that process that kind of like my, my personal guitar playing style on the outside of Misery Index. I mean, if you listen to the record, I don't, I don't hear anything that's completely outlandish for, for our style. I hear 90% of the devices that, have been in the music the entire time and maybe one or two things just creating more of a dark vibe and atmosphere.
2: No, I think what, what, what separates this one from, you know, cause I m- remember when I first heard discordia and I was like, okay, this is, this is a really good record. Airstie, oh, this is a really good record. The songwriting on this one is, is it feels like it's a little more advanced. Like the, as far as it, it flows better. The record as a whole kind of lands all together well and it just it seems to work better than any of the previous albums for some reason but yeah i know what you're saying though it's not like a a giant leap outside the box
4: no and i don't you know our fans wouldn't want that either but yeah well we spent a lot of time on uh, the songwriting process you know obviously you know we we got sucked into that uh you know two-year cycle for albums and stuff and um basically what happens is um you know bands bands start out and they spend a really, you know, great amount of time um, crafting their debut. And then when it's good, they get signed, and then they get thrown into this whirlwind cycle of a uh, of putting out an album every year and a half to two years. And we got sucked into that, too. And we were, you know, we were doing that, and, you know, luckily we were able to, you know, put out some pretty good records in that time and, and work with that um, time schedule. But, man, it was tough, like, getting... Getting some of those masters in on time so you don't so we didn't miss the release date and also having a good production value was tough and so after heirs to thievery would just barely squeaked in there, and you know basically because of the time frame that we had to adhere to, you know we basically just had to go with the kind of standard metal production of the time in 2010. we just never wanted to do that again. We're not, we're not happy with that, with the production on that record. Even, even though it does sound good and it is, it does hold up, um, it sounds like, the production sounds like everything else that came out at that time. And we didn't want it then and I certainly don't want it now. We took our time writing and you know, composing the material. We, we went through that organic process that happens when, you know, a band's first starting with the benefit our, of our experience now. We took the necessary amount of time to compose and write good songs, and then we took the necessary amount of time to do the, the free and post-production. And it's a strenuous process. It's a stressful process. We had band members bowing out left and right <laughs> throughout the process because it, it, gets, it gets really intense and stressful when you're, when you're dealing with something of, of this magnitude, when you're just so close to having, that, having it be perfect. You just don't know where you're supposed to go. And, of course, the production guys, they don't necessarily know where they're supposed to go. It's a trial and error type thing yeah. um, when you're doing – when you're putting on a record like what we just did because it's not, it's not a cookie-cutter production. So, there, you know, there are no rules. Um, but there are, you know, techniques. We just had to figure out what techniques worked. Our mastering guy, Tony Eichler, I believe that is his last name, um, you know, he was – he was freaking out because he was uh, he he would ha- he had to run experiments on us because he was telling us you know unbeknownst to us we could hear the difference between um different vacuum tubes he had a he had a you know stock compressor on on some things and we were able to hear the difference when he switched, like a, a Russian vacuum tube, with the Chinese vacuum tube, out in this one compressor. Wait a minute, how's that right.
2: possible? Uh, death metal guys is being able to have that <laughs> kind of hearing.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we have we have ridiculous hearing. And but I, you know, I think that um, I think that all at this point, at this point in the game, that all people in the metal community, not all, but most, have a really good sense of hearing and, and sense of production. I mean they're very very sensitive to production. Um, you know, cuz it's all it's all, you know, distorted guitars screaming and drums, you know. And they're you there's a there's a very minute amount of ways you can manipulate that scenario and still sound good. And man, they are really really sensitive to that stuff.
2: But what I find really kind of fucked up about that is though is that you also have those same fans that are sensitive to that on one level but then are listening to shitty mp3s on spotify and are are totally accepting of that 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 degraded quality versus
4: yeah, and don't we and don't we all it's it's a really it's a strange thing it's like, a I, really strange thing i can't it's, stand we, it our hearing our hearing is way more advanced than than we know or we know how to analyze you know, in a in a conscious way but we're
2: also willing to tolerate like I guess whatever it is, just depending about how it's delivered to Quantity you. Quantity over quality, maybe.
4: Yeah, and but you know that's the that's the real challenge when when you're trying to get an ideal production for your record is you can you can sit back and critique all you want, but when it comes down to your record, that subconscious level type hearing, you actually you have to actualize that stuff.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah.
4: have to you have to figure out what it is that you have to do to activate those sign or or to uh include those signifiers that tell the brain hey this is a good production this is this specific type of production this is this type of sound that kind of thing. I
2: mean so, so you think you're thinking about that stuff I mean are you guys thinking about that when you're making because what I'm thinking about is that okay if there's too many symbols in here if this gets squashed to an mp3 it's going to sound all <laughs> it's going to give it that sort of yeah, right yeah
4: yeah that was that, that was um those were considerations made um, during, like, uh, pre-production.
2: Roll uh, everything off at 8K and be done with it. Well,
0: and you got to do a little backward masking like Judas Priest did. This album is good. This album is good.
2: This album is good. You know, <laughs>
4: stuff like that. Backwards masking?
2: Yeah. 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 That, that way, subconsciously, you can get everybody uh, it, it, knowing they love it and worshiping Satan at yeah. the same time. Exactly.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't smoke. You know? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to how to respond to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Story of my life. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how we roll, man. It's all good. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> so when the, the the other guys jump ship in the band, is it that they just aren't bought into like sort of the long term plan, or what is it that?
4: Oh no, no. It's it was due to stress. I had to bow out a couple times. You just had to leave the process. Yeah. Just because of stress, you just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, you just you're digging into that like on a, such a minute level. It's just <laughs> it's mi- it's not mind-numbing. It's mind-excruciating. It's like dragging dragging a string of razor blades through your brain. It's just <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. It's pretty pretty excruciating when you get into it that deep.
0: So does um, everybody defer to like one guy in the band at a certain point?
4: Yeah, we all kind of carried it at one point or the other. You know, when when the other guys just couldn't take it anymore, you know, there'd at least be one or two of us that were that were still going back and forth with production guys. You know, now but now Steve Wright and, and Tony are are mixing and mastering guys. You know, they never bowed out. They were always there, and th- there's something to be said for that. They well, they're working by they the right hour. Right <laughs> yeah. they're they're not really <laughs> <laughs> they uh they went above and beyond steve wright has done the past three records with us uh, he mixed and mastered uh traders he did all of airs to thievery and um you know we went back to him um with the exception of the drums that were with scott hall um for everything else we did with steve and then mastering through tony and um steve's almost like a member of the band at this point you know he he told us right out of, out of the gate it's you know, okay, here's your budget, doesn't matter, put it over here, we're going to do this till it's done and it's right, and that's it.
2: That time pressure that you guys felt between the first few records there, was that a label thing? Was that you guys wanted to crank it out, like thinking that's how it was supposed to be done, or was it outside pressure on the band to get it done?
4: There was, there was uh, well, you know, it, it comes from outside pressure, but it also just comes from uh, this is what you have to do right now. You know, it's just, it's just, this is what, this is what the people in the market demand. If you want to make it to this next level, this is what has to happen right now. So you have to, you have to nail this release date where it's cleared out from, from all these other releases. Cause if you release it, you know, in the fall, you're going to get run over and then, you know, it'll be a missed opportunity and you might be better off waiting another year to put out that record. And at that time, who knows how things are going to be. So, yeah, there's there's label there's label pressure, but they're you know, labels are often depicted as the bad guys and they're not really the bad guys all the time. I mean, sometimes they can be, but um for us we've had really positive experiences with um with relapse and and season of mist. So, um where they were just at advising us in the right way. It was just a thing that we had to do at the time and um now and we did it and it helped out the the standing of the band and we just decided on the next record we're not going to do that. We're going to take our time, we're going to write this and when it's done, it's done. When it's ready to be recorded, that's when we go record and then we will spend as much time on post-production as possible because, you know, we have to, we've done a pretty good job on Traders and Heirs to Thievery and we really want to honor our legacy. Step it up. There were five albums in.
0: So so do you guys all go get Jobs during this time, or are you fishing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next two weeks?
4: You mean during the recording process? Well,
0: no, or? just like to get, you know, to to you know to get from the last cycle to this one.
4: Well, it, it hasn't been all that long. I mean, it's uh, it was four years ago that we released Airs to Thievery, mm-hmm. and so we've been touring like crazy. I mean, we maybe didn't tour to your backyard, but. <laughs> <laughs> We've been all over the place. We, you know, we've, we've been to Southeast Asia and Japan and Indonesia and Australia and South America many times and across North America. You know, the most recent one was with, uh, I think, Hannibal Corpse. We just did Maryland Death Fest, and we got a month of European festivals coming up. So, we, I mean, we stay really busy. And in between that, you know, we're writing. Um, we have, like, our online merch store with our indie merch and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So.
2: so how does that work with the, with the family? I mean, uh, is everybody on board with uh, with with you and the band of touring and all that? I mean, is it all? Have you made that work for you? Yeah. Are you a breeder, yeah. or are you just the son of
0: breeders?
4: Am I the son of breeders? Uh, <laughs> well, I was, no, just I wasn't the son. Exactly trying to breed, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, the miracle of life happens sometimes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, but every everyone's kind of on board with with that. I mean, it just it just kind of happens. Everything kind of has happened at the right time and the right and the uh, you know and we're at the right place for what we're doing. So I mean we used to do used to pound the pavement. We were out on the road for you know we played like 200 shows a year, if not more. And uh and that's when we were building the band over the past like three albums and and um we're at a point where um doing that again would just be spinning our wheels. It wouldn't help build the band. It would just be doing it again the things that we're going to do from here on out are only going to be events or high profile type outings because that's, that's just where we're at. We don't, there's, there's no, there's no benefit or need to do a, uh, like a low level death metal tour for us. We're just not there.
0: It sounds like your booking you know. agent has just joined your engineer on suicide watch.
4: Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> That's that. I mean, that's just that's just how we're going to do it. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, you know, and the people that want to work with us, I mean, I think the people that are working with us respect that. And, yeah, and they're they're working to to honor that plan and do that plan.
2: Well, we hear more and more from musicians about you know that that life balance and road balance, you know, trying to make sure that they they they're able to to kind of keep everything in its own sort of pocket and make sure it all works, but kind of works separately yeah. in a lot of ways.
4: Well, it's, it's like, it's just like uh, logistics, man. It's just like, um, you get out a calendar and you figure it out. There's no, there's no kind of like set rule that you're just going to apply to your life and it's going to be able to make family life and band life copacetic. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. They're going to conflict sometimes and you're going to have to, you know, bust your ass to kind of work it out. And you just got to take it one date at a time. And that can be kind of unnerving when, when you have a, you know, when you have a kid at home. Cause you know, they, they have to be looked after and people have other people have full time jobs, you know? And, uh, so it's just, uh, it's just part of the deal, man. Ah. Just like anything, just like anything else, you got a job and you gotta go to work. Yeah. And so you gotta, you gotta work out all the other stuff, you know? When
0: my <laughs> kid was little, I would have killed to spend 200 days of the year on the road.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah i I don't know i i like I like spending time with my family i would I would never want to yeah. spend two hundred days on the road around maybe you know maybe when he when he gets a little older we can we can hit it a little harder but um, at that point i I really don't see that that would be beneficial then either so no. uh but here's here's how it works man it's like the the days of doing that are number two man you see these bands um you know mid level bands coming through a city like every city in Europe and the United States, three times a year. So they just put out the record and the, and the, and then they come through and okay, it's packed out. They come through the second time, not so packed out. They come through the third time, there's like a half or a quarter of the people that were, that were there before because you're oversaturating the market with yourself. and And that's fine for the booking agents and that's fine for you for a little bit of money grab, but... You're making people lose interest. You risk people not not showing up next time you come through because I mean, they just they just saw you last year. They needed they need a two year break from you.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jeff Walker was basically saying that you know when bands do that, it's not just oversaturating your band; it's at, oversaturating the entire genre.
4: Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. I mean, the touring the touring market is just blown up, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of bands are touring. There's, there are a ton of bands that are out on the road that have no business being out there. They're just they're just stripping stripping the metal dollars so thin that it, it just I don't you know a lot of a lot of those bands are paying to be out there, going into debt to be out there. Yeah, and it's like what is what is the point of that, guys?
3: Well, like who? I mean,
4: Just lower level bands. I don't know how lower I don't know how lower level bands even tour anymore i i mean there's just so little out there for them i mean you have to like you just have to have just a tremendous amount of buzz and be really selling some merchandise to make it and you can sell merchandise if you're like a metal or punk or grind band you can sell you know maybe not so much punk but if you're a grind or metal band you can sell t-shirts t-shirts are you know that's that's the source of income you're a you're a celebrated t-shirt salesman Like in other genres where people, you know, like more fashionable genres like like indie rock and stuff like that, where people are coming like you know dressed a particular way, where it's not like I'm wearing like a band's advertisement on on all the time. In those genres, I I have no idea how they survive because they're not selling the shirts. They might be selling a couple vinyl. So I mean, they're if they're like coming through, their guarantees have to be astronomical to meet to just meet. The cost of being out on the road,
2: yeah, four bucks a gallon, and
4: gas, yeah. and and the vehicle that you're renting, and you know all that stuff.
2: So, who do you so. think drives that machine? Is that the bands that are out there that want to get in front of people and think that's the way to do it, or do you think that's like management that's that's just wants to keep the bands on the road? Or and I mean, who? Because you guys obviously have experience with that, like touring your ass off, especially
4: at a lower level. That's the thing. It's like. When when you are a lower level band, you don't have a lot of um, you don't have a lot of promotion. Otherwise, you don't have a lot of people backing it. So you know you're not going to get in you know any sort of magazine or anything. You might you know some some little blog might pick up pick you up and talk about you a little bit, but you're not you're basically not visible otherwise. So it becomes a necessity. It becomes almost the only way for you to promote yourself. And, and that that's why they're out there and also there's there's the push for from the label that knows that and they want, they want you out there to so they can promote your name and sell some sell some records and then on, and then on the other hand, you have the um you know the booking agents who are going to constantly throw throw stuff at you so you know they can make a few dollars and try to in- increase your guarantee so they can take a bigger percentage. Because you know the way it works is you know you go out and you got some measly fee this time, but the next time you come through, they'll ask for you know a little bit more, and that might not be because you're worth more. It might just be because you were paid less last time. Mm.
2: And then the ticket prices go up, and then less people come, and then and so right. on, so on, right. so on. Yeah.
4: And if, and if you and if you don't actually have that kind of demand to be coming through a city three times a year, then you're you're destroying the scene.
2: Yeah. You're you're, ultimately you're losing
4: out. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't want to do that to ourselves or anyone else.
0: So would you have done it differently if you could do the beginning days of misery index again?
4: Nope. No, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have done it that way then um, at the time that that we did it. I think everything, everything that we did was, was necessary. There was a, there's a few very minor things that, I felt we should have done differently, uh but but nothing 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 major.
3: So
0: how should bands that were are on the level that you guys were 5 albums ago, how should they do it now?
4: I I just don't know because like 5, five albums ago, <laughs> you know, yeah, we were just kind of coming up. But also the economic the world, well the the, the economic situation was a lot different. True. Generally speaking.
2: Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking that basically, you know, when we're talking five, uh, five, ten years ago, uh people were buying more records. It's only slid even farther down, uh, down the rabbit hole as far as I don't know. Napster kind of demolished everything in but 2000. Spotify is a different animal. I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that have changed in the last decade.
0: But yeah. But people in 2002 were like,
4: nobody's buying albums compared yeah. to
0: 1998. You know? Yeah
4: yeah well i i can't get i can't get to to into that without without having like some numbers and stuff in, in front of me but um i i have i have a hunch that if you talk to some of the some of the, if they would even share this information with you if you if you talk to some of the uh the people that are in like the booking industry and you talked about concert attendance over the past ten years um they would have something to to tell you about that yeah as yeah. far as deco- as far as general decline and how and how that maybe has corresponded to uh, bubbles breaking in the <laughs> in the uh, economic world. So,
0: but I guess I guess I'm curious. Like like I mean, I imagine that young musicians are coming up to you pretty f- regularly and going, "Hey, man, how do I do it?" And then what do you say?
4: I say at this point, I don't really know. You got to hit the road, but you also have to you also have to. Uh, I mean, you got to pay for the gas. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going into debt. So you got to hit the road, but there's a there's a point in time where you have to say, is this working or not? So keep the job
2: at the Jiffy Lube, and no, you got to have a couple six songs about Jesus, so that way
0: you can get on those Christian <laughs> metal festivals. <laughs> right. There, there's yeah, plenty I, of dollars there. There's plenty of money there.
4: Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I don't, I don't think there is a trick to it. I don't think there 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 is. I think you got to you got to put yourself out there and just see. Sometimes it, it sticks, and sometimes it doesn't.
0: So it's sort of like a college education. You're gonna got you're gonna go into a little bit well, of yeah. debt in order yeah. to get your degree.
4: Yeah, and you've got to be you got to have it set in advance, like how much you're willing to risk on it.
0: It just sucks when misery index comes to town because you guys got less people showing up because everybody went and saw the those new bands that showed up the week before for the fourth time.
4: I don't know. <laughs> we, we we haven't really put ourselves in that situation uh, recently, and. Well, um, well, and you guys are
2: also in a position where you can if you wanted to do a headlining tour, you could do a headlining tour and take some of those younger bands out with you and and provide some of that platform for exposure. Right. Right, exactly. So who are and you going to who, who, who are you going to expose, we, man? <laughs> we
4: can we can do that because we we have heavy support from the underground. We haven't we haven't abandoned them stylistically, we haven't abandoned them ideologically. Yeah. So as those ideas are passed down to the to you know the younger people that are getting into the scene too, so they're they're into it as well. So um we always have that, that strong foundation um to work from. So it doesn't matter what the trendy ebb and flow uh how that goes in the United States or anywhere else. We we just we always have our um our mainstays.
2: We sat down and talked to uh Nergal from Behemoth. It was scary, dude. Uh, it was kind of kind of frightening in many ways. But uh, <laughs> but he had made hay about uh, you know American death metal is boring, American death metal is stale, and that that sort of idea. Did that like you know sort of like light a fire for you guys as you're putting down the new
4: record? Well, <laughs> well, we know those guys. We've my my uh, my first tour was in 2005 with Suffocation and Behemoth. So and and we toured with them uh, fairly fairly recently I was with cannibal corpse in Europe and um we've known those guys for a real long time so it, it's not like this is some opinion coming out of the dark from some icon or something these are like these are dudes we know yeah um so it's not like we hadn't hadn't sat down and had those kinds of conversations about things the things that we're sick of in <laughs> in the metal scene but ultimately it's like art and people are going to make whatever they want to make and sometimes they're making it for the wrong reasons like they're, they're making it to, uh, to make a, to solely to make a sellable product to a very specific subgenre, which is, you know, that's cool for, for the people that are, that are into that very specific su- sub genre. And it's cool for the people making it because, you know, they can sell some stuff and maybe actually like have a, a, a small limited time kind of like career. Cause I mean, really, you know does everybody want to be playing guitar and touring around for 20, 30 years? I mean, some people just want to do it for three or four years or four or five years and, you know, just adhere to some, you know, really specific genre, get out there, tour for a few years, you know, have it be successful, not go into debt over it, and then be done with it, move on with your life. So I have, I kind of have like a differing... A, a different, uh, opinion than, 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 old Nurgle does. I mean, I, I agree that there's some, there's some atrocious <laughs> stylistic stuff flying around out there, especially in, you know, the American, uh, death metal scene, but there's also a whole lot of good stuff. Yeah, is and, that... and I gotta, I gotta say too, that guy, that guy is like really working the hype factor. <laughs> so it it doesn't surprise me that he, w- he would come out and, and say stuff like that i mean he's trying to promote his band that's cool i mean you know they recently got stuck at the russian border we were stuck at the ukrainian border for three days and we didn't make a uh <laughs> we didn't make a uh, big a big media scene about it and take pictures behind some some bars or something we we're <laughs> we just got through it
0: so um but what yeah. was that jail cell like
4: in Ukraine, oh, they didn't throw us. They didn't throw us in jail. We were just stuck there oh. for, like, for like three days. We, we needed paperwork, and we just, you know, they're dragging us out of the van. Well, you we couldn't, couldn't take a picture
0: inside the Holiday Inn Ukraine, right?
4: <laughs> when you travel, when you travel the world, play, you know, playing in a metal band, and you're you're you know, you're crossing borders all the time. It's going to happen. Every once in a while, you're going to get some asshole that wants to detain you in a room for like six to twelve hours or more. They're going to go go through all your stuff, drag dogs up in everything. It happens at the Canadian border, at the American border, Swiss border, a lot of the borders in Eastern Europe. So it's not surprising. It's pretty commonplace, actually.
0: Have you you actually been caught for anything yet?
4: (laughs) No. We don't travel like that.
2: Uh, We we smoke it all before we travel.
4: (laughs) We don't travel like that. (laughs) That's all I'll say on that. that. I mean... I mean, we've we've gotten like pretty minor stuff, like you know, they hit us for merch or something like that. Yeah, yeah nothing nothing too crazy. But, see, you, you know, just need to. They will try to power trip on you sometimes, and, so I can sympathize with that. You
2: just need a better Instagram account. When whenever that happens, you just start taking pictures, start <laughs> yeah. tweeting it, put it out there, and you, you know that's where happens. the coverage comes from. Is it?
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah, I just I just want to preface what I said before. Like, I don't, I'm not talking down on on uh, Nergal and company. I mean that that band is awesome, and the last album they put out is great. The production on it is great, and um, I mean, if you go see their stage show, I mean, it is it is really really cool, like cool yeah. lights and cool visuals and stuff. And they really got their they really got their stuff together.
2: But but <laughs> he's just uh, kind of speaking in inflammatory terms, yeah, to yeah. pump it up a little bit.
4: Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. That's cool. I don't mind that.
2: So uh, say something I, I really. I
4: think it's funny, and I, did, I definitely like when I heard when I heard that. Oh, American death metal sucks, and <laughs> it's inauthentic. But I, you know, I gotta say there was a little there was a little bit of little flame, little flame in my heart saying, <laughs> "I've got something for you, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: So what do you got to so say yeah. about Poland? <laughs> All <laughs> Polish underground metal sucks. Yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's get this going. It'll be yeah. like the old Hit Parade or Motley Crue versus Van Halen
4: days, you know. It's like, oh yeah, Polish metal. Yeah, we really need another Vader album in our life. <laughs> <laughs> once again, let me—I pre- gotta preface that. <laughs> Big Vader fan, album, new album is pretty cool. It is a uh, Vader album. It uh, is cool.
0: Too late. We've already taken you out of contact. Yeah, that's gonna be the headlines. Oh, so.
4: Man, <laughs> and decapitated too. of
0: Yeah. <laughs> So where are you going fishing? You doing lake fishing? You doing ocean fishing? What are you doing? Where are you?
4: Uh we we just got into it. I don't know. We're doing we're doing lakes and stuff. I'm, I'm not really a, I'm not really that into it. We Just got into got the you know the fishing license and went out there and just trying it out.
0: You need a license to fish?
4: Yes, yes, uh, you yeah. do. <laughs> really? Yes, you do. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: It's a stick with a string on it. Nope. Much more complicated. You can get thrown in jail for that shit really
4: yes yeah or or fine or something yeah they need they need you to have have your papers
0: that's crazy to me that seems like i mean there's a lot of fish right that's not the
4: point there are regulations and rules man exactly you gotta make money off it
2: yeah they gotta make money off it somehow you
4: can't eat it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, they have to generate money somehow
2: well Well, it's it's the united states so there's not many fish in the streams and lakes that you want to eat these days anyway
4: yeah
0: how long does it take you to stick a worm onto a hook
4: I, that actually freaked me out honestly yeah I,
0: I can't do it i was like
4: oh the slimy thing but yeah it was fine it was fine Got a man up <laughs> do what you got to do not that being a man has anything to do with putting a worm on a hook you can you can be any gender
2: <laughs> yeah but I, it's all about worm murder yeah see i can't yeah. do it <laughs> <laughs> Desolation of the Worms. Yeah, I feel a new album coming on already. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you're doing like the Frank Watkins hand movement. No, totally. Doing, like,
2: That's what you got to do. You got to <laughs> fishing
0: with Frank Watkins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, dude, we appreciate you taking the time, man. And the new album really is—it's smoking. It's awesome, man. The Killing Gods is uh, is one of my favorites of the year so far.
4: Well, thanks. Speak to you again.
1: world versus politics And dressed and rich for us What would the all time is on The The of first lava by this Das it, that's the metal sucks podcast today false affection took the best of me deep inside the absent mind denial and hypocrisy all in the same to do this right we part our ways All has been one Now I see it all right before me Intentions are pure I'm out of reach My destination
2: from in flames through oblivion is the name of that song oh wow it's exciting see this
0: is why exciting this is exactly why bands don't take chances because people get reactions like the one you just got Mm. that's exactly why here it is a band that's been doing this for 20 years Mm Now, granted, they had to kick out the founding guitarist in order to record something like they, this. They can
2: take all the chances they want. I don't give a shit about that. Well, but they're taking. But I don't have to like it.
0: Well, well, no, agreed. But you gotta, you should be able to hear something like that and go, okay, maybe not this time, but they're gonna get it, and this is interesting. This is inter- This is gonna be the most interesting song on their entire new album. No, Guarantee no, it. No,
2: no. Yes. Well, maybe. I mean... Yes. But, <sighs> I'm not saying the best song. I'm saying the most interesting song. Mm, I don't know, man. The, this one's going to... The, the reason that it's rough for me is, that, is where they put the vocals in the mix, and and, and it's it's just wow it sounds like he's sitting next to me on the porch i know i did that i can't stand that it's creepy it. it's fucking creepy I, it's metal that's what metal is supposed to do it's supposed to creep you out yeah but i mean if you're singing about auschwitz or something and it's then that's creepy right? no, you know, have been you're there about, we've done that it's, i know but 30 but, years you're ago it, whatever but 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 this i don't know what the hell he's even singing about but but it's just it's a not matter he's whispering into your ear yeah but i don't like that <laughs> i know he's been in my car before i don't i don't know if i i i want him whispering in my ear i have this vision of him like yelling at me where to go after (laughs) after a concert i'm like no we're not going there i'm taking you over here see i
0: dig it i dig it because it's 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 so different from anything else they've ever done it's gonna be me
2: talking into your ear (laughs) it's like i'm right up on top of you when i'm speaking into the microphone but
0: when the ba- but like when the band starts to like
2: crank like it all fits well to me that that's all a production choice like and the, it's interesting that that they chose to go that particular route with that song the way they did and I've got to give them that for trying something a little bit different i' I'll, I'll hand that to them. But it's an odd choice. It is definitely an odd choice. And it was noticeable. I mean, it's not like it was subtle. Let's try a little bit of this where it goes here. Let's build a little something. It's noticeable right off the bat. See, I would think you as a guy who works on his voice. Oh yeah,
0: you know you would respect what he's doing because you listen to that performance and there's subtlety and stuff that's happening in it that you wouldn't be able to hear if it, no. were, blend, it were lower in the his, mix. His that performance is, g-
2: is gorgeous. Like he, yeah. he does a good job with his performance.
0: You know he does like this uh, 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 like aching thing before he starts to sing that mm-hmm. and it's like ah uh, now you can hear like
2: an emotion in it. It sounds real to me. But that choice is. I don't know. I, I think there's a there's a point where you have to you've got to limit yourself in that respect and go. No, you Wait don't. A minute. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying for not for taste's sake, not for because you have to limit yourself, but because it can creep you out. I think because it's just sort of counterintuitive to me. It distracts from what you're actually trying to say. Distracts from what you're actually trying to do with the song, and makes it so you go, "Wow, that's really weird and loud." No, and but- when you go, "Wow, that's really weird and loud," you kind of loses the entire effect of what you're trying to do. By being really weird loud. No. So there's a fine line and they crossed it. You, know, you See, you're, you're being distracted by that which they wanted to
0: distract you with. You know, it, it, it's it's not a major magic trick here. That
2: you know, they, what it is that they want to show you is what they're putting in front of you. I know, but that's my point: is that you shouldn't you shouldn't even know that they're putting it in front of you. You can you can do that without going, "Hey, hey, look at me! I'm over here. <laughs> look at this over here." That's one form of magic, and then there's the sleight of hand. Where they slip it by you and make you look at this without knowing that you're looking at it, and that's what they did is they is they just shoved it in your face, versus bringing your eye over to the other hand while they stu- while they pulled the card out from the, from the right hand. They they didn't do the sleight of hand. It's much more ham handed than that, and that's why I don't oh, like it. I don't think
0: it's ham handed at all. I think <sighs> that it, no no this isn't this is not ham handed. What this is is this is deliberate. Deliberate production. This is professional. Oh, no, no, no. no. I
2: know it's deliberate production.
0: And, it, that, and that's yes, the problem. Is but no, if it were I look handed, at it and it, I know it's deliberate production. It doesn't, it doesn't sound sloppy to me. It sounds no, like. No, it doesn't know, know, at all. It sounds like even before they started recording, they had an idea as to what this was going to end up like produced. Because when that guy is singing, he's singing in a way that. You know, it's sort of like like, 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 like the history of the microphone it, it itself. Like, like you know that you can be very subtle and you can be uh, nuanced. And yeah. he performs that with that intent. And I think that that is awesome.
2: Yeah, but I think that, that that's sort of, I don't know. I think it's a bad choice. Uh, and I, that's a choice. I think they went into it with a choice. It's deliberate. It's on. It's it's what they wanted to do. Yes, it's what they were trying I, to that's do. It's not ham handed. I think it's a bad choice. I, I think it's a ham handed. I think the what the, the result is ham handed, whether it was mm, deliberate or not. I don't. Know I, I think that. it sounds forced. No. If the if the dude had
0: not performed like an amazing vocal performance, then it would be ham handed. But because it's subtle and because it's nuanced, it is not.
2: Ham-handed. Seriously, yeah. I think it's just maybe, it might be because I've had a drunk Anders whispering in my ear before, (laughs) and and that's what it was. It's like... (laughs) You know we have to go. Go. go get, we have to. We must get drinks. <laughs> all I gotta say is, what the fuck is that? A <laughs> so fucking I, crazy sweet is what it is. See, we we must go get some drinks into <laughs> the headhunter's after the show. <laughs> now, now, now oh, you. Fuck oh fuck <laughs> off, dude. The, the real shit comes out now. Yeah.
0: Now you know. Now you know. You need a microphone at all times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I need to record everything. I don't. I don't. Don't ask me how that actually happened. One night we. It was after. What was it? it? Was in Flames and Gojira? I think that's where, right. They that played at the awesome Zona Rosa, show. and I wound up hanging up, hanging out. There's a where they played. There's a bar in the back, like a, a bar anybody can hang out at. And um the bands just showed up at the bar, and they're like, "We want to go get some drinks somewhere else." And we're like, "Fucking, we got cars. Let's go." <laughs> so yeah, wound up hanging out with the with the bands all they just like yeah it was crazy drunk frenchman and it was yeah it was weird that was the first time i got to see Gojira live. alive that was good stuff incredible nicest guys in the world by the way uh-huh. the Duplantiers are, are by far <laughs> the nicest guys but no i, I want to say it was it was the the inflames guys who were yelling at me in the back of my car
0: now do do you think that like uh what's his name the the old guitarist guy the founding guitarist who's gone jesper uh, something uh, do you think that yeah. like this that yet yeah, he would have allowed this to happen or do you you think he might have been like an, a a sort of uh, I, I, I use this word sort of loo- uh, loosely the creative force that would have prevented this from happening and the reason that I bring so this basically up
2: basically it would be the me of the band yes it went, yes in respect
0: because uh, yeah. I'm thinking of like like the history of the band like he didn't he have some other band that was like straight up death metal and he was like nah you know I want to do something more Iron Maiden like and the 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 death metal band's like no no you 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 know we we want you to do this thing so he's like okay I'll do a side project and the side project ended up being In Flames I think that's the history right oh, something damn. like that I know that's okay. crazy but I'm trying to remember the early nineties it's difficult so um it's interesting to me because it almost sounds like this song could be hinting at another pivot a pivot for In Flames twenty no, years into their no, career no.
2: see I think I think In Flames has been drifting. Uh, from the Gothenburg sort of metal style And they've kind of Drifted in, drifted out They've kind of gone in different different respects And, and all over the place And I, I think it's just sort of a I don't know, it feels like a mess It feels like they've drifted a little bit too far in my humble opinion, uh,
0: see, I, I disagree. I think that this sounds like, you know,
2: I, I, I don't know. I got to spend more time with the song itself, but like, yeah, and and also, in, in all due respect, I don't have the entire album yet. I haven't heard, I haven't heard the entire mm-hmm. record. And in perspective, this may be something completely, completely different. Like taking a song out of uh, out of context on an album can prove to be welcome just, to the twenty first century. Yeah, I that's mean, what we do. But I mean, that's what it should be. You should be able to pull, pluck anything off and have it sort of go whatever, you know. And, yeah, because our attention span's itself. only three to four minutes long anyway. Where are we? <laughs> Where are we? Oh. oh, we're on a podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that when you make deliberate choices that are that dramatic you're trying to you're trying to do something and i think it deserves some kind of response from people and what they think and what they think about it i i personally i just i i think it's overdone i i, th- I think it's they they just took it a little bit too far
0: no no i think what's cool about this is that is that you know in flames have been such an influential band truth you know, through through metal. I mean, when when you, they put together the, uh, the metal Hall of Fame that we got to put across the street from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, with everybody flipping so, their do, fingers, In Flames are maybe not first rounders, but they're second rounders, well, third
2: rounders for sure. Well, two decades in, man. I yeah. mean, they've been playing since ninety four,
0: and here they are doing something that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody. I mean, maybe Faith yeah. No More? Maybe Faith No More? No. I mean, what are you sort talking about as far as the, production the put, style? Yeah, but put, doing something really interesting production wise yeah. that's yeah. new and different yeah. and awesome. Yeah. And I think that it could end up being something that other bands will pick up on no, and go, you know what? I've well, got a song
2: that. Okay, but, but you were slagging on the band, the other band that I wanted to play on this episode because they had sloppy drums because the Very. drummer needed a cl- click track. Desperately. But at the same time, like that, there's something organic to that, and that's a. Tr- and that's a choice that people make because that's a that's a way that they want to do things dude that's not and a
0: choice that's a drummer who refuses to play to a click that's track that's a fucking choice is what it
2: is no that's it, a it, dude no, no, who can't no. play to a track it's click a fucking track. choice because because anybody in post production could take those drums and fix that shit and make it on time any 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 producer worth his fucking salt can fix stuff like that not when you're and an and instead, obscure
0: what, death metal band that like has no dude, budget my no buddy can do it in shit. his fucking
2: garage I Nobody but, he, but he's it got a doesn't Pro Tools rig.
0: I'm saying the death metal band with a sloppy drummer...
2: Can't he, have a Pro Tools rig like anybody else. N- it's, no, dude, because... Dude, it's it, so fucking cheap now. The, I, no, it's, I, no, it's, it's not. it's I'm not saying the budget.
0: It. I'm saying it's the intelligence to go, either we got to replace this shitty drummer or we got to get this fixed in the computer.
2: Anybody can do
0: it. You know what? The drummer's the guy who shows up with the 12-pack to every rehearsal. <laughs> he drinks half of it, but at least he's the guy who brings the beer, so they're not going to kick him out. But what I'm
2: saying is There's that no
0: other merits to keeping that guy in the it's band. It's a
2: choice that you make... In your production and what your quality is and how you want it to be, put no, it's a put
3: talent
0: together. gap. No, well, there's a ta- there can, an intelligence no, 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 gap. There
2: can be a talent gap depending upon what 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 the problem is.
0: But this is a major problem for that band.
2: Well, that that band, the major problem for In Flames is they got all the talent in the world. They're just making piss poor choices.
0: No, it's not a piss poor choice. It's an yes, adventurous it choice. Well, good for them. But you know, if you stop g- taking risks, no, no, <laughs>
3: yes,
2: stop taking I'm risks. Saying. If you go into and quit the fucking around, if you're gonna let inflames go into the jungle, if they make co- colony if they come two, back, two. If- make claim man two. If they, co- I don't want fucking new shit from you. I want fucking just a race two. No, I'm telling. Come on, bring. It. If they come out of the jungle with a little bit of scurvy, you know what? That's okay. At least they went into the jungle. Why is this? not sound like come clarity what the fuck is wrong with your band <laughs> jesus fucking christ man just make a goddamn like a goddamn metal fucking what the fuck, fuck well
0: somebody oh, reco- somebody ah! would just just i will you possibly check will you take recordings of this and just post it uh, your comments on the inflames page because i want them
2: to hear <laughs> That I dig what they're trying to do. No, what's funny is I guarantee you what we're having right now already is on that. We're, we're <laughs> just what we're doing right now is we're reading verbatim the comments that are on the inflames page about the new record.
0: No, I'll bet you that nine out of ten are agreeing with you because everybody on the internet's a troll and you're being a troll. Uh, a little bit. <laughs>
2: I'm being a troll a little bit, uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I'm, kind
0: of- I'm, I'm saying, like I said, I've just heard the song once, one and a half times. I want to hear it some more to kind of get a sense of it. But yeah, I dig the fact that they're trying something. Very different that I haven't heard before, and it makes me want to go back again and listen to it again. Mm. Because when I heard the other In Flames song off this album, I kind of shrugged my shoulders at it because it sounded like more In Flames. Yeah, and that's and what, that's
2: the one that I like off that uh, off the record but so you, far. You
0: spend twenty years doing something when you do something new, I think you kind of have to try to take some chances mm. because otherwise, you know what? It's sort of like Cannibal Corpse. I was talking to somebody about Cannibal Corpse the other day recently. It's like you know, okay, Cannibal are great and they got their own sound, but Half the time when I hear something, it's like, yeah, but the bleeding or yeah, but butchered to birth, you know, it, it's sort of like, I'll just go back to
2: that because it's not, they're not doing anything different. Well, but citizen embodiment is pretty badass. The, the new track okay. is pretty awesome. So, so, and there, but it's not that much different. It's not, but that's my point. It's sort of like, okay, great, but. I'll just listen to the stuff I'm already familiar with, Yeah, and I'm fine with that though. But but I I think if you if if you've got if you're a one trick pony and that trick is awesome, why fucking try to dive off the diving board into the swimming pool? You know I mean, why if, why why if why cannibal, change
0: it up? If Cannibal Corpse showed up on the next tour with a horn section, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 on board. I'm gonna pay to see that. I you know would what I mean? Say that I'm probably not. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, because that'd be pretty. You know, it's different. Otherwise, it's the same Cannibal Corp. I'd like to see them take some chances
2: like that. Yeah, I don't know about all that there.
0: When we know. get Mizerkowitz on the on, on the show, I'm asking him whether Cannibal Corpse, please dear God, will you hire a three piece horn? Right, section? Are you gonna
2: ask another band whether or not they're gonna put horns will on the Will you please next put one? a <laughs> horn on? Uh, you already <laughs> asked Misery Index if they wanted to work with Olivia Newton John. Now we need to figure <laughs> out whether Yeah, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're earning a reputation for this podcast really quick right, th- awesome. I'm telling you I'm a fountain of great metal ideas <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's not a fountain a, <laughs> it's totally not a fountain uh, we gotta wrap this thing up man uh, this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast man make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes this leave was us this a fun one yeah this was definitely a fun one man always always a fun one what are you <laughs> I know but I mean about, really bro? it was really good uh, so make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes follow us on the uh, Twitter box I am at at Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks, and we tweet stuff all the time. And yeah, come up with crazy bullshit and have a good time. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, get us every Monday at metal sucks.net and all that good stuff. The RSS feed, everything's right there. Leave us uh nasty comments and next all week. That good dig stuff. dig through our archives. Yeah. Next week we are taking a week off first, first one in over a year, uh, first time in over a year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep in on Sunday. Technically this is like our first week off in nearly two years. I know, I know. Cause we're, well, no, it, it, not, not, we won't even try to explain it. Man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am Chuck, I'm Godless, and this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast.